Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within, and I kind of wanted to have a real talk, and the real talk is basically talking about when we cross the line versus not crossing the line in temptation. Um, I started thinking about this yesterday, and the, the one person of scripture that stood out to me was David, King David. This is when he's already king, very accomplished quite a bit. And if you were to go to 2 Samuel 11, 2 Samuel 11, that's where you get to see something that's out of character of David, because for all, for the whole point up to this point, David's been known to be, you know, a man after God's own heart. He's a great warrior. He's accomplished so much since he was 14. And he is now king. He's been waiting a long time for this. And then we have this chapter. It's known as David and Bathsheba, and if, if you've been brought up in school, uh, schools with Christian education or churches or Sunday school classes, you, you've heard of this story many times. And if you're new to this story, read it yourself. I challenge you guys. Go to 2 Samuel 11, and you can learn more about David. This is the one sin that's put out there for us to see. But there's parts of this story that can help us better understand temptation so I want you guys you know in your minds whether you're married dating single the past present or, or even you know hopefully not future but there may be times where even though you're faithful to your wife your girlfriend and if you're single it's a little different that there's gonna be other women that are gonna be attractive to you and there's gonna be times where you might have strike up a conversation with this person and there might be other times where you notice them even if you're with your wife um as my wife calls it having a crush doesn't mean you're sinning it's the pursuing of that person when you're not supposed to that's the sinning part because now you've crossed over and fall, fallen into your temptation and you're starting to lust after that person or you're committing adultery with that person because you've already put it in your heart to do so. And so you decide to pursue, okay? And I want you guys to be honest with yourselves and with me that you can't say that's never happened because I know it's possible because I'm a guy I know it, it can happen anytime. And you guys need to be honest with yourself. This is, this is an honest moment for you. When you read into Sam, 2 Samuel 11, there's pieces to this story of avoidance, okay? Sometimes we think of Joseph in the Old Testament and we remember that he w worked for um, the gentleman, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but Potiphar, okay? And he did great work there. He was accomplished. But the one thing we also notice about Joseph is, you know, God didn't share any of his sin issues, which there's nobody perfect but Jesus. So we got to look at these characters in scripture that they've failed, they've made mistakes, and they've sinned, and it's not just one sin in their life, Okay. But one thing that we have a memory of, if you know the story of him working with Potiphar, is Potiphar's wife. 
she pursued him and pursued him and pursued him and he clearly kept his distance until one time he was in the room and she tried to force him to sleep with her and what did he do he ran she grabbed his coat he took his coat off and sprinted out now the one thing about doing the right thing is that sometimes you don't get a positive consequence from it what happens in a lot of cases is that other people don't have the best interests of you in the first place, let alone when you deny them, they do everything possible to make your life miserable. And in Joseph's case, he got sent to prison for two years. So for something that she accused him that he did not do, but she accused him of it. So just because you know you do the right thing doesn't mean you're, nothing's gonna happen to you. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because it's way worse to be living in sin than avoiding sin because the two consequences are going to be different. So going back to Second uh, Samuel 11, we have to read the first verse and right there tells you it's the first part of this thought process you need to think about. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Now think about that. First part in your mind, are you supposed to be where you're supposed to be? David was not supposed to be in Jerusalem. David was supposed to be with his army. So right there, first thing, are you in putting yourself in a position where you're not supposed to be when you know you're supposed to be doing something else? Think about that. Second verse. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. Nothing wrong with that. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. This is the part that you guys got to understand. You may notice other women. You may see, be attracted to other women. You may talk to other women. It's the second part of this. So verse three, four, and five is the problem. Okay. Noticing it's not sinning. It's pursuing. I want you guys getting that in your head. Should we feel guilty? Of course, because falling into temptation is a thing where we should be asking for repentance. Okay. Verse three, he sent someone to find out who she was. He pursued. Okay. When you start pursuing something you're not supposed to be doing, because the first part is you weren't supposed to be there. Now you cross the line. They answered, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And she's a married woman in this case. Then David sent his messengers to get her. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. Okay. Not only did he start pursuing, but he went after her. Now, but she was not innocent in all this. And a lot of people will say, yeah, but he's king. You can't just say no. Yes, you can. Remember, I told you sometimes doing the right thing may give you negative consequences. Okay. 
but also falling into temptation and going in pursuing, there could be a worse consequence. And in this case, there kind of was, or there will be, because we're going to find out in a little bit. And she had just completed purification rites after having her period. Then she returned home later when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant. She sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. Consequence one. Okay. When you fall into temptation, you pursue, you keep going. There's consequences. So this is the first one. He got her pregnant. Now, a lot of times, I mean, I, I don't have this experience, but men that have gotten women pregnant before marriage for one two if they pursued a woman that was not their uh, their wife and got her pregnant we see it in movies tv shows some some men jump in and they want to father the kids others run away disappear or and like a lot of times in our current society just go get an abortion that'll solve all the problems those aren't the answers per se um I think one, yes, as a father, you should be involved in your kid's life. Unfortunately, it's not going to make peace and cause um, balance in your marriage if it's with another woman. Um, if you're dating somebody and you get another woman pregnant, it's not going to make things go well with your current girlfriend. Um, <clears throat> if you're a single guy, get a girl pregnant. I honestly think you should probably marry her. Um, it should be your responsibility to jump in. So right now, consequence one has just popped up. Now, the second consequence is by David's own doing. Then David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. So jo Joab sent him David, uh, sent him to David. When Uriah arrived, David asked him how Joab and the armor were getting along and how the war was progressing. And then he told Uriah, go home, relax. You know, basically what he was trying to do get your eye to go home sleep with his wife and then oh she's pregnant oh look it now my problem is fixed this is the next thing that co that comes with falling into temptation temptation that provides consequences and this is not just even temptation this is lying doing something you weren't supposed to be doing um any type of consequences that come into your life from anything that you do this case you know we're talking attraction and lust and desire but how many of you guys have lied and now you have to figure out how to f I guess clear off your lie to be still a lie but truthful to people because it's like you have to create alibis you have to create a backstory and you have to remember all this because a lie is made up so we lie to try to cover the truth and a lot of times messing up in our lies can be revealed and this is, seems to be a very common theme for humanity to do especially to god i mean adam and eve right off the bat when god asked where are you they they, they hit it's like oh you don't think god knows where you're at guys come on and then he asked so you know why are you dressed up oh um right there we started to kind of create lies excuses to blame someone else for our actions so David thought, hey, I'm king. Why not just cover this up? And I'll be like, nothing ever happened. Unfortunately, David wasn't expecting good old Uriah to be like perfect Mr. Captain America. 
And he basically said, David even sent him a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace, where Uriah did not go home. He slept that night at the place entrance with, with the king's palace guard. So he decided not to go home. When David heard that Uriah had not gone home, he summoned and, and asked, you know, what's the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away for so long? You know, like, hey, you've been gone for a while. Why, why didn't you go home and see your wife? Oh, and Uriah was like, oh, the ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are, are living in tents and Joab, my master's men, are camping in the open field. How could I go to wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear that I would never do such a thing. And there's David like, crap. Well, stay here today. And David told him, and tomorrow you may return to the army. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem and that day and the next. Then David invited him to dinner, got him drunk. The plan B was to try to get Uriah drunk. But even then, he couldn't get Uriah to go home to his wife. And he slept at the palace entrance with the guards. So now plan A didn't work, plan B didn't work. And so what do we do? We do plan C. So not only did David sleep with another man's wife, but now he's going to murder him. So the next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and gave it to Uriah to deliver. The letter instructed Joab to station Uriah on the front lines where the battle is fiercest. Then pull back so that he will be killed. So Joab assigned Uriah to the spot close to the city where he knew the enemy's strongest men were fighting. And when the, en the enemy soldiers came out of the city to fight, Uriah and Hittite was killed along with several other Israelite soldiers. So not only did David commit putting himself in the wrong situation... Not only did he give in to his temptation and, and pursued, he got a he had an affair with a woman that was married, got her pregnant, brought her husband back to try to hide up the mess, could not get plan A to work, could not get plan B to work, and so plan C was to kill him. But not only did he kill Uriah, but he also killed other men in the process to cover up his sin. So the messenger went back to Jerusalem and gave a couple, uh, complete report to David. The enemy came out against us in the open fields, and as we chased them back to the city gate, the archers on the wall shot arrows at us. Some of the king's men were killed, including Uriah the Hittite. Well, tell Joab not to be discouraged, David said. The sword devours this one today and that one tomorrow. Fight harder next time and conquer the city. So, basically excuses all of that and feels like, ah, I got that covered up. No, I'll just go take Uriah's w uh, wife to be mine. So, yeah, that's how basically that chapter ends. But then here's the thing, guys. We're going to take a quick break, but sometimes our consequences go a little bit further. And this is why it's so important to understand you need to stay close to God. You need to pray. You need to spend time in his word. You need to focus on him in a lot of cases. Because if you allow yourself to be distracted by the world, temptation is going to be so easy to enjoy. Why? Because we like it. Because it gives us control. It gives us power, capability. In some cases, some of us may feel guilty. But then sometimes when you get so involved in such sins, it becomes enjoyable. And 
start separating ourselves from God because we rather please ourselves than please God. We're going to take a quick break and start up again. Hey guys, welcome back. And remember, we were just talking about how our actions, our decisions that we make and falling into temptation, pursuing after that sinful desire, and then there's consequences that come from it. And this, this is not just from a sexual perspective. This lies, stealing, um, corrupt talk, not walking right in righteousness, chasing after the world, desiring the world's desires. This, this is any aspect that you can use for our sin or tempt, tempting life that we have. Especially as men, you know, like like one of our weaknesses is women, and I'm sure women have the same problem with men. So that is a temptation. Satan knows it, and he will use it, okay? But our actions, every sin does have a consequence. It doesn't matter if it's if it, it may not be right away. It could be down the line. It could be your kids. It could be your wife. It could be friends. It could be anybody that's connected to the to the storyline, the narrative. So, verse 12 is the big, is God's confrontation to David through Nathan. So the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to tell David this story. There were two men in in a certain town. One was rich, one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb, and he bought, that he bought. He raised that little lamb, grew it up with his children, It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. It's almost like a dog. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb, killed it, and prepared it for his guest. Now, this is the the fun part about how God works in people's hearts. David, in verse 5, David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lamps to that poor man for the one he stole for having no pity. (coughs) Excuse me. Verse 7 is Nathan. I love it. He said to David, now you understand that David is king and having Nathan come in and point his finger at David and say, you are the man, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I have anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house, his wives and the kingdoms of his, of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much more, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites, stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. You see, the one thing that's so interesting about sin is that we, we, we pursue it because we desire something more. And God sits there and he just like grabs his face and he goes, if you wanted more, all I had to do was ask. I would have provided something even better because you loved me first. But because you pursued your own desires, 
you've stolen and taken and you've you've ruined your your life basically by choosing your own desires when you should have just asked me about what you were feeling what you were thinking because I would have told you what you were thinking was wrong and two I would have given you anything that you ever wanted because that's how much God loves us and that's how much he loved David but David pursued his own desires. See, the thing is, there is a bigger consequence when it comes to chasing after the world and desires of this world is that we think that's all we need. That's everything that we need is what the world has to offer. And God's like, no, I can give you everything that you really do need. I will provide everything that you do need. Why are you chasing after your desires, your emotions? Why are you going after... A woman that you can't have why are you going after these things of this world the car the truck the house chasing after everything that you want so badly when all you have to do is ask me about what i can give you what i can provide i mean david was king he had everything basically but yeah he still wanted to take someone else's wife for himself i mean of course yeah he was trying to cover his sin but remember he pursued her and how many times have we pursued sin in our life because it makes us feel good makes us feel have power makes us feel complete in our eyes but in reality it doesn't it makes us empty makes us separated from god it breaks our our trust of ourselves and our trust in god our trust in other people because we we get filled with the sinful nature and the desires the flesh as as paul calls it you know the flesh versus the spirit and we chase after that And this is what the Lord says in verse 11. Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes. And he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of Israel. This is huge, guys. This is, I mean... This is what happens when we chase after our own selves, what we want, chasing after the world's desires, going after things that we're not supposed to have, but we still chase it and get it. Consequences happen. And this is not even, this is, this is one big one. I mean, it affects his whole family. It, your sin can affect your whole family. But here's the thing. Verse 13, then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied, well, yeah, duh, but the Lord has forgiven you. You won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the word of the Lord, by doing this, your child will die. Fourth consequence. After Nathan returned to his home, the Lord sent a deadly illness to the child of David and Uriah's wife. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. The elders of his household pleaded with him to get up and eat with them, but he refused. And on the seventh day, the child died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He wouldn't listen to reason while the child was ill. They said, what drastic thing will he do when we tell him that his child is dead? And when David saw them whispering, he realized what had happened. Is the child dead? He asked. Yes, they replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground washed himself, put on lotions, 
changed his clothes. He went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. And after that, he returned to the place and was served food and ate. His advisors were amazed. We don't understand you, they told him. While the child was still living, you wept and refused to eat. But now the child is dead and you have stopped your mourning and are eating again. David replied, I have fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I'll go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. And David confronted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon. And the Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan, the prophet, that they should name him Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. You see, God will forgive you. God will not condemn you all your life if you're seeking out true forgiveness um but you have to understand your choices have consequences and though even after God still blessed David for the most part um you do find out that yeah one of his sons does rebel against him and even you know many people not just like his son period and his son actually tries to steal the kingdom from him. Because if you know the scriptures, we know Solomon becomes king after David. But it's not Solomon who rebels, but that's another another person you, you'll have to read if you're interested. Um, but at the same time, guys, there is forgiveness, there is repentance, there is redemption, there is hope. And if you make a mistake, it does not mean that you're going to be You'll never be blessed. You'll never be able to do more for God because God still used David. God still um, had purpose for David. There, There is still the consequences that he promised it would happen. But overall, God still used him for a purpose that he had plans for. Now it's up to us to repent and change, allow God to work in us and to build us up. But we have to be willing it can't be well you know it's sin oh well I'll just keep doing it you can't have that mindset because all that does is make you worldly makes you disconnected separates you from God God can't truly use someone who is not wanting to be with him or serving him or love him 100% so I do encourage you guys if there's anything in your life right now any temptation that you've pursued get away run away like Joseph did um, repent, change, allow God to heal you, clean you, purify you is a good word. Um, but it comes with you making that decision to do so. You can't expect uh, things to get better if you are still living in sin. And in today's culture, we have a lot of Christians that think that going to church, tithing, or doing a small study, or occasionally reading the scriptures and praying a little bit. Is, is enough standards to follow to be supposedly purified, but we still act like the world. We cuss like a sailor. We drink until we're drunk. We have drugs. We uh, get involved with relationships with other women when we shouldn't be. Um, 
we pursue worldly things and chase after it wholeheartedly and think that just going to church is enough to say we're walking upright? No. It's, it's a daily change, a lifestyle that you have to put in your life because you've made the decision to follow him. And that's what happened to David. He took his eyes off the Lord, started chasing his own desires and pleasures, and ended up creating this mess. And when I hear people say, well, I've, oh, I'm, life is so messy all the time, and I'm always constantly having issues, and, and it's like, well, have you stopped doing what you were supposed to be doing? Because if you keep doing it, then you're constantly going to be in the same mess. I had one guy who told me that this is in a relationship with this woman who causes new things he doesn't want to do, but he wants her to be part of her li- his life, and she lives with him. I mean, after having this hard conversation with him, we came to the conclusion together that he needed her out and he needed to move on because she was just pulling him into temptation, pulling him into evil things that he didn't want to do. He wanted to be more godly. And about a month later, he came, came back again and he told me, he goes, I, I removed her from my life and, and things had just gotten better. I, I'm being able to hear, you know, hear God's leading more. I've been pursuing him more. I've been praying more. I've been, I've been feeling like complete. And I said, well, that's, that's basically what redemption is. You, you've removed the thorn or the temptation or the issues that were causing you problems by pulling you into temptations and sin that you didn't want to do and removing them does help. So maybe there's something you have a thorn in your life that you need to consider to get, you know, to get rid of, get, you know, get out of your life, remove it. It could be friends. I mean, it doesn't have to be an item. It could be friends, people that keep pulling you into a sinful lifestyle. You may have to say, I can't hang out with you guys anymore. Um, maybe it's a girl that you're friends with, have been friends for a long time, but you keep pursuing her in your mind in the way you're spo- not supposed to because, you know, you're married or dating someone else. Maybe you need to tell her we can't be friends anymore. Um, maybe it's lies that you've escalated so much so that you're a chronic liar. You, you need to stop. You need to repent. It could be anything, guys. So... I'm, I'm going to take a moment to pray, but I want you guys to really seriously think what kind of temptations in your life have you been pursuing and stop before consequences like David become real. Really, Father, thank you for this day. I ask, Lord, even for me and any guy that's here, we have a willing heart. Forgive us, Lord, for any any temptations that we've been pursuing that you would cleanse us and and help us to focus on you more and to see you in our daily life. Stop pursuing the world's desire. Stop trying to gain control and, and understanding uh, based on what we think is the right thing, the right way to do it, or the, or the way that we're supposed to live. Help us to pursue you. Help us not to take our eyes off of you. Help us not to do what David did lose track of you so much so that we pursued our own pleasures and desires over yours. Ask, Lord, if any man today is struggling, that you bring the right men in their life to encourage, build up, and and help them through this temptation time or this this pursuing that they've been involved in or the consequences they're going through, Lord. 
sometimes the consequences is because of our choices that we've made. And if we stop making those choices, the consequences will go away. Some consequences will have long-term. But if we pursue you, seek redemption and change, Lord, you will bless us and you will use us and help these men, O Lord. Help them to understand that this world has only a temporary offer, that it's not going to give them what they need or what they should need, Lord. You're the only one that can provide. You, you told David himself that all he had to do was ask if there was something he needed or wanted. He, all he had to do was ask you. doesn't mean you'd give it to him, but you'd give what he really does need. Just like you would give us what we really need to. Thank you, Lord, for being able to forgive us, sending your son. You didn't have to do that, but you did choose to do it. I'm thankful. I pray that you move any man today listening to this, that they be transformed, knowing you, loving you, desiring you first. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a blessed day.